Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Coleman, once again in Snake and Jake's Christmas Club Lounge yeah. in the heart of the Clempire, New Orleans, Louisiana, with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, thank you for having me. Oh well, thank great. you for thank you for being here with yeah, me. Yeah, it's uh, it's been uh, it's been fun. But it's over. So the uh, the, the break is over. Yes, uh, I, I was uh, I was gonna say uh, I've got bad news for you, Manny. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah. I, I made it back from my tour safely. Uh, I'm alive. Damn! Wow. I, I know it's a it's a, and, uh, it's a letdown. You're, you're happy. Uh, well, I'm happy. Happy to be alive. Happy the the tour went well, man. Now, who did you tour with? I was out there with uh, John Papagro. He's the guy uh, who does the pizza, right? Um, well, just on the side, but uh, but uh, he's an organ player, singer, uh, recording artist. He was out with uh, um, George Porter for a long time, but then he had the band uh, Papa Grows Funk. Right. We've had a, a couple of different uh, guys now, from that band. Now, at these shows, on. do you sell his pizza, the Papa John's well, pizza? Well, I think he's, he's selling merch uh, oh, okay. on this trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is uh, John Papagro, so it's not Papa John. But John, did you stop John. to get pizza at any of these uh, places? Uh, well, not not at not at the uh, not at the Papa John pizzas. We did get pizza along the way. We uh, we. He seems like he likes pizza. Well, John John does uh, he he does have the restaurants all scoped out ahead of time. We we ate at some good spots, some some good Mexican places. You know, John's flexible. He he's, he wants to, you know, make everybody happy. But now he got in trouble, uh, <laughs> didn't he? Uh, I think that's the pizza. That's the real pizza guy. Uh, John. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's that's different. Different uh, Papa John. This is John Papa Grow, uh, and that comes okay. from when he had the band uh, Papa Grow's Funk. Um, uh, but this is just the John Papa Grow band that was out there this time doing these dates. And look, we we really did uh, get it right in the sweet spot weather wise because we were in Buffalo, New York, about a week ago. And it was 44 or 5 degrees with uh, uh, clear skies, um, sunshine. Uh, today, it's back to being snowed in again. We were in Minneapolis last week, same so thing. So you were able to get pizza well, without a problem. Uh, you're, yeah, we were able to make it to the gigs, and you could get whatever you wanted to eat. Sure, yeah, pizza was available. I did have pizza, I think, in Buffalo, New York, actually, for dinner. Now, why didn't you have wings in New York? Did you have wings in New York? I, I don't like those wings. Because they're very famous for their wings. They are famous in Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo chicken wings. Yeah. To, to me, that's the worst part of the chicken. You know, I like a chicken breast. I like the white meat. So you ate some pizza and you played a gig yeah played but a lot of gigs and uh, and, and they he all doesn't were successful like wings. i don't know why who doesn't like wings wings are great wings yeah are great. It's, to me yeah. it's too much like an autopsy you know I'm, i gotta get in there i gotta deal with the skeletal structure i gotta eat a lot of gristle and uh it's just not my thing you know and all that that uh soggy kind of sauce i'm not crazy well about you bring paper towels on tour don't you you bring a lot of paper towels well i i, I so didn't, you can deal with the I, sogginess I, I, I didn't have a roll of paper towels this time actually i had hotel rooms the, the, the whole way All so, right, so that was no when problem. you're in a hotel room how many people in this band uh five in this band uh, are you sharing a room with any no of these no guys? we all had our own hotel rooms. really mm-hmm. yep wow yeah, yeah it was uh quite comfortable you know we had i had a bench to myself in the van so it was uh it was, you know, well, it was hard work, good. but uh, it was not uncomfortable, you know. So that bench is good as when you pick up drifters on the road. It's easy to slice them up after you rape them, right? <laughs> I suppose. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, you got you to so work So you're agreeing surface. to this. You're saying yes to this. Well, I'm saying if, if you were going to do that, I guess that would be good. You would have a work surface, you know. So does everyone have their own bench? Um, yeah, there's three benches and there's, you know, somebody driving, somebody riding shotgun. So, uh, you know, kind of uh, rotate around. But I generally, uh, I was the oldest person on this tour, believe it or not. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess it's not hard to believe, but uh, it's for so many years I would be the youngest person on tour, and uh, certain bands I go out with, I'm still the youngest person on tour. But in this one, I was the uh, the the. Could you do the senior member. tours? Well, the AARP tours. Well, I, I got to say, I did for the first time on this tour uh, investigate the the uh, senior meals when we went to a restaurant. <laughs> And one of them, uh, I was looking at the, the menu, and they didn't have, like, an age limit. And I asked the woman, I said, um, what are the age parameters on these senior meals? And she looks at me, and she goes, what would you like? And this is the Papa John's you went to? Uh, this was, or the IHOP? Yeah, it was, it was a breakfast place. It was some kind of uh, pancake house that I was going to. But I was sick of big breakfasts, so I actually got uh, I don't like breakfast chicken. at all. I don't eat breakfast no? at all. Yeah, I, I don't really care. And you don't breakfast. drink coffee either. No. What do you what do you drink, water or something in the Just morning? Just water, yeah. And then uh, with nothing in your stomach at all? No no calories, no sugar? I mean, when do you, when do you, when do you eat for the first time of the day? Usually I'll have... Uh, some nuts and maybe a piece of fruit around 11 a.m. Hmm, it's like Obama. You're just kind of uh, just just eating a handful of protein here and there. Okay. Obama's the man. Don't fuck with Obama. No, I like it. I yeah. dig it, man. He's keeping it tight. Yeah. Uh, so you came back from tour. Made it and back. You, did you bring any coupons for pizza? Uh, again, or did no. you give them out? Yeah, no, I didn't didn't uh, didn't make out make it make it home with any uh, pizza coupons. So when you're at a Super Bowl party and there's nothing but chicken wings, you don't eat them. Yeah, I wouldn't. I w at, under no circumstances would I be eating chicken even, wings. Even even the legs, they have legs and wings. I don't like those either. Those really? little drumsticks. No, you don't uh, like those either. No, it's too many bones, man. I, again, it's I, I don't want to be that. And that, you don't eat pork, do you? I do not. No. And you don't eat shellfish. I do not. You know. No, yeah, I have you're, a. You're a, a boring fuck. Well, you know, I, that leaves <laughs> plenty. That leaves plenty of stuff for me to eat. Go ahead. Okay. So you're back in town. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm. I'm back in town. Uh, Come on, I'm not the district attorney over here. Right no, now. no, I, I feel like it. Um, well, I, I, I don't know. I have all kind of places I could go, but uh, you know, something that that struck me today. I saw we lost. Uh, I think an old buddy of yours. Man. Who's that? Uh, uh, Dick's Denny. Did you see that? Dick's Denny. Yes, he died. Poor guy. It's you tough. know, it's funny. He's in the Weirdos, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, the Weirdos. Thelonious Monster. Thelonious Did he ever Mon play with your band, Two Free no, Stooges? No, okay. no, The thing about Dix was uh, he never spoke. The guy never talked at uh -huh. all. No, like his brother, John, did all the talking. Yeah, huh? did all the talking. And that's why they were called the Weirdos, because, you know, Dix didn't talk much. And John, when he did talk, it was like... Back off, man. You know, just back off. Uh, but John lives down here apparently now, I think, or at least he was living huh. down here. Um, now, I, d I just heard about it. I don't know. Uh, you know, Dix was never very the healthiest of guys. Uh, the funniest Dix, there was a couple funny Dix Denny stories that I have from back in L.A. Well, one is, uh, is that a bunch of us, I wasn't there actually, but a bunch of the crew went out to take uh, mushrooms out in the woods. And I had, I had said, no, I'm not going to do that this weekend because I took mushrooms 
uh, the week before, whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, it came back with this great story. You know, Dick Steady never spoke. Great guitar player. I mean, punk rock guitar player. Was there a This is the same him? weirdos that played with, like, X and everybody who came yeah, to that yeah, scene yeah, in the yeah, 80s? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, that's the amazing. The same weirdos, yeah. Okay, cool. Who did the, uh, uh, what was that big hit they had? Uh, New Trombone? Yeah. Uh, yeah, New Trombone, yeah. Well, Dix never spoke. I mean, the guy rarely spoke. I remember I went over to his apartment once, and he was living, like, in this basically a room. And the bathroom, I didn't know where the bathroom was, but <laughs> went over to him. And we and just a jar hung out and we walked yeah, in the corner. It was basically a bunch of jars. I guess I have no idea, you know. But um, but you know, being a, a a a guitarist in a band, there was always girls that wanted to take care of him, stuff like that. Yeah. Which I think he had many of those. But I remember once he invited me over to his apartment, and I went there, and. We, we maybe spoke two, three words to each other. We just drank beer and watched the Dodgers play. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we, just, we just watched. We sat on his futon, both of us, just on his futon, and we just sat there. It's like, good game. Yeah, good game. Need another beer? Wow. Yeah. Anyway, but the funniest story about Dick Stanny is, is that uh, they, a bunch of people, the whole Thelonious crowd and a bunch of other people went out to the woods to, to take uh, mushrooms. And everyone's tripping on mushrooms in the San Gabriel Mountains or whatever. And they're all talking and laughing and everyone's giggling. And Dick's out of nowhere, you know, he says, I'm a shrooming being. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. So you're out there at uh, in L.A. during the whole punk scene between like 78 and 85? I, I'm there, yeah, I'm there kind of a little later because in 78 I had just started high school. Okay. So I caught up maybe like around 80, 1980. But I, I went and saw the Minutemen. Oh, wow. Circle Jerks and, you know, X and all those people. That's amazing. Like. I think like that's my favorite period of time for like music. If like I could be magically transported to anywhere, I would be there from 78 to 85 to see like that whole scene well just it become. was a gr- it, it was a scene all right yeah i mean um i remember like uh, my friend dick rude uh he kind of introduced me to all that kind of wow. stuff because uh, he was going to shows when he was like 15 16 he was you know grabbing his mom's car and picking up our friend brant okay and going to shout see, out to brant going to starwood going to the starwood and wow. seeing like Minuteman. You know, Dickies, you know, like a whole lineup for like three bucks, you know, and then Fear would end the show around, you know, one thirty, two a.m. or whatever. And I saw the weirdos go, went back to like 75, man. That's super, yeah. super early. Yeah, super I mean, early. yeah, Dix and John were part of this, the beginning of that scene when like, you know, uh, I think X was starting around that time, too. Yeah, they know. started around 77. yeah. I mean, they were they were playing, but I don't think they were noticed until like around seventy seven. Yeah, the first yeah. record didn't come on until eighty and everything. Right. And, yeah. They, but that they whole were, scene was just amazing. The way it like came, it just like the way that it was just so different from like the punk scenes, obviously like in London or like over there in New York. It was its own thing, you know. It was well, they made that whole film. What's her name? Penelope. You know. Yeah. Decline of Western Civilization. Exactly. That's a great document on that scene at that right. time. Um, my the other best Dick Stanny story that I have because you know when you hung out with you know two Free Stooges he used to play with Lonely and Monster and other bands a lot and stuff and so we all got to know each other and of course Dick's was so quiet and um, <laughs> when towards the 
then we got into the late 80s, early 90s, and everyone started deteriorating with tar heroin on the streets of yeah. L.A. and stuff like that. I'll never forget this. You know, I'm out there. I've been, like, fucking out there for, like, five years. My band had dissolved, and I was out there, man. Uh, and then I got arrested, and I get sent to L.A., you know, Central Lockup downtown. And for some reason, I guess the cops took pity on me. They put me in, like, in a whole wing of beds by myself <laughs> by myself because all the hardcore guys were just like screaming and yelling at some other you know across the hall or something they were in, uh, I, I guess they realized this guy ain't gonna make it yeah. they, they put it, they, so they they they, they fell took over pity on they you. took pity on me and i'm sitting there going fuck who do i call to bail me out fuck what am i gonna do i should just sleep it off and just have them release me i don't know what's going on and then I hear like, you know, just like out of the movies, you hear like those, those, those doors open, cling, 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 you know, and all of a sudden you hear these footsteps going down the hall and stuff. It's like, oh, fuck, am I, you know, someone here to get me or whatever. Are they going to move me across yeah, with all those animals? Or, <laughs> are they bringing more animals? In? And so who do they bring in? Dick Stanny. Wow. <laughs> oh, to, really? To put, to put yeah. him in the, in the soft, spot, soft space with you? Yeah. They put Dick. He got arrested the same day. Wow. He got arrested the same day. And that was our biggest conversation ever. And he was like, I said, they got you over near uh, Alvarado, uh, MacArthur Park. He goes, yeah. I go, are you trying? Was it those fuck? Was it that girl? Uh, that girl who was pretending to be a cop, uh, pretending to be a dealer, but she was really a cop. I think so. You know, he was so soft spoken, and he wasn't worried about a thing though. He was just so calm about yeah. it. Like, you know, this is just my life. It just goes from one, you know, this to one that. And, you know, I just it just rolls off my shoulders because I guess I, you know it's like Dick Rude and I. Used, well, Dick Rude used to say all the time, "It's like, what happened to that guy?" There's yeah. something happened to him right. at a very, very early age, you know, because it's like like looking at Andy Kaufman's eyes. It's like, who's oh. driving oh. here? <laughs> you, know? you know, but I, yeah, I, was, I just heard about it and uh, I was sad to hear, but it didn't really yeah. make big news. That, that no, I saw. no, it wasn't on the news. It wasn't the, like D.H. Peligro. When D.H. died, it was like on Yahoo News, Google News yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was just friends that I saw, you know, posting things, you know, people that are, you know big time musicians but but friends of his well you know it's funny because his brother john i think he still lives here i don't huh. know but i bumped into him god i think right after katrina at the walmart down here really i said you're living down here? he goes yeah me and my wife she's from baton rouge huh. we moved down here i go well, you know he said wasn't you know we were not very close but we knew each other right you know um and he, I said, well, let's get together, man. You have a kid. I have a kid now. Let's get together. He's like, okay. Uh, and the wife gave me her card because mm -hmm. John and I didn't have a, you know, I don't know what he, yeah. so for like a year, I called that number. They never responded to me. They huh. never responded. So, but then again, I, then uh, fast forward just like a few years back before the pandemic, when the Chili Peppers were playing here at, for Jazz Fest, I bumped into John at the fairgrounds and he's like, he was just so happy to see me. It's like, why don't you return my calls? You know, I, right. you know, I'd love to ha have you on the show or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. He's—they're just weirdos, man. Yeah. Okay. Just, well, that's what correctly it comes down named. to. There you yeah, go. that's what it comes down to. They're just—they're just a bunch of weirdos, man. A good band. I remember once we were in Northern California. It was us, them, and the Chili Peppers playing some club. I'll never, <laughs> never forget. We're in the dressing room backstage. 
and John, I think John and Flea, all these underage kids are back in the back of the of the club, and they're just letting them in. They're just letting oh, all yeah. these underage kids, and they just <laughs> nice. open the windows, just letting them all in. It's like, all right. and I, it was like my first like out of city date that I ever did. I was uh, like, oh, this is punk rock, man. This yeah, cool. right. Yeah, this is what it's supposed to be about. You it's know? amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was a good time. We'll talk about. It. Let's introduce our guest because yeah, yeah. uh, we've uh, I've spewed enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's and obviously he's uh, he's got a lot to talk about and knows a lot about what we're interested in. Okay, uh, well, it's a guy I've I've, I've been uh, I've been running into for a number of years here. He's he's very involved in the music business. He's a, an award winning DJ, a radio personality, a radio programmer. He's uh, he's been for a long time. Was with uh, 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 Gimme Country Radio. He's he's currently with uh, uh, WHIV. He has the Nola County Daily Radio Program. Uh, he's been a talent buyer for uh, Chicky Wawa, and uh, he's worn many hats. We're going to get into all that, but without further ado, the great Mr. Jimmy Palacios. Welcome, Jimmy. Hey, thank you for having me here, yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> man. So you're a buyer of talent? Well, that's what the technical it's, it's, term. I'm flesh the, peddler, you know, yeah. I'm sure. the person yeah. that you talk to if you want to get a gig, it's at like, least for I a little bit. I remember the guy who used to run the comedy <laughs> store. It's like he's, he used to go to him, you sell comedy. You're selling comedy. <laughs> Make me laugh. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> so okay, so well, and Jimmy is a big fan of the podcast, and yeah. so he's he's listened to many of these, and he still wants to come on. So there you go. There you go. Well, uh, well, Jimmy, I know you're not from New Orleans. Tell us a little bit about your background. Where'd you grow up? Yeah, um, I grew up in South Texas. Kind of grew up in McAllen, Texas, way down uh, towards the bottom. And wow. uh, yeah, lived there for like 18 years. Split time between there and Laredo, Texas, another border town, just south of San Antonio. Uh, and kind of like lived all around Texas, lived in Austin f- off and on for, for a few years uh, before moving to here to New Orleans in uh, 2007. I've been here ever since. Now, you, you went to school and went to, to college there in Texas? Yeah, I went to college there in Texas, several schools. Didn't do it all in one shot. Okay. <laughs> Did okay. it kind of like piecemeal, but uh, started at the University of Texas in the mid-90s and then ended up graduating from a, a small A&M school in Laredo back in... 2005. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell us about your family. Uh, you're, you, you know, you're obviously very interested in music. You come from a musical family. You have. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah. I Are mean, you Mexican, I, by the way? I am Mexican. Okay, yeah. Mexican. Get out of here right now. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. You should have warned me, Renee. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. I'm just not just wearing the poncho. Just yeah. Yeah. You got the poncho. You look like you just came, I know, came out right? of the, the shootout. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, I grew up in South Texas, Mexican-American family, second generation, um, not from a musical family, interestingly enough, but was just really into music growing up. Like I was, uh, I grew up in the old Columbia House days. You remember those days, 12 CDs for a dollar? Sure, yeah. So, best, best record deal in the business. Oh man. my God, it was, <laughs> it was the best. And if you were really into it, you could sell subscriptions to your friends and you'd get another cut, another four CDs. Oh. So I was pushing subscriptions in high school to all my friends. And man, <laughs> I had a nice collection and didn't cost me more than a couple of dollars. Wow, you know? nice. So, so you were a game. different kind of pusher. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was a CD pusher. Yeah, CD pusher. <laughs> yeah. So from there, man, I just uh, you know graduated high school, went over to Austin for the first time. And you know, for a kid from South Texas, Austin might as well be New York. You sure. Know? So, yeah, it got to, like, really just kind of see a bunch of really rad acts, especially, like, you know, Texas-based stuff kind of 
come from the ground up, you know? Right. Um, I mean, I was there during the time of like, you know, the Archangels and Ian Moore and, uh-huh. uh, you know, Dale Watson was starting up and Robert O'Keen was coming up and, you know, it was just like a really rad time. Just really got me into like all types of music, you know? Right, right. How, now, old? Oh, wait, how old are yeah. you? I'm 46. Okay, 46. All right, yeah. Now, were you starting to get involved with radio at, at like in college or? Uh... No, I DJed, but I did like the house DJ type of thing. Like, oh. you know, just kind of like played music at parties and that sort of thing. It mm-hmm. was just like an every once in a while thing. I made a lot of mixtapes for myself uh-huh. um, and then gave them out to friends, that sort of thing. So I like a simple rig, just kind of like a crossfader and, you know, that sort of thing. Right, but right. nothing. Uh, nothing extensive and it wasn't like anything i did professionally i should have went to school for like radio television film because i certainly could have i just didn't think like that was a thing uh-huh. you know so uh-huh. yeah first mistake in life right a there thing for mexicans right nothing oh. for mexicans yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm mexican <laughs> yeah i'm mexican oh yeah 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 Last name Chevrolet? Yeah, Chevrolet. Well, he, <laughs> yeah. he won that in a card game. Yeah, exactly. I'm sticking to that story. There too. you go, man. That's a great name. Well, so uh, uh, you, you're living in Austin, uh, just working around uh, different odd jobs, and uh, I don't know. No, mostly going to school or oh, like okay. keeping from going to school. Okay, right. Mostly right. hanging out at the Continental Club because back then you could just pretty much get in anywhere. And I've always been tall, so like I've been able to kind of just like, you know, assume that I was like older than I was. Even as a, when you're underage, people would let you in. Yeah, exactly. Right. You put on like a sports coat or something, and sure. people don't mess with you. <laughs> right. But also, was, you know, this was like the mid '90s. I mean, it wasn't like you know the '70s or even the '80s, but it was still, you know, pretty loose in Austin, Texas. Yeah. You know, yeah. It wasn't like what it's become now. Sure, which is totally different now. It's uh, yeah, totally. Uh, you know, it's 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 priced. Most most of the musicians I know don't live in Austin anymore. Alejandro lives, you know, somewhere else. Uh, everybody they all live in the outskirts, like Dripping Springs, or right. out there where Willie lives, or Wimberley. You know, right? Yeah. Well, so you uh, then, how do you find yourself in New Orleans? What brings you here? Man, funny. Like, uh, so I was like, uh, you know. I was in Austin for a bit and did a number of jobs. I wasn't ready for college yet. Ended up like kind of like going back to school uh, right around 9-11 and then ended up fish- finishing undergrad in a small school in Laredo called uh, Texas A&M International University. And then from there, I worked for the university for a couple of years and I was just like, man, I just can't live here. Like, it's just got none of my interests here, even though it was, like, a very nice life. But I was just like, I'm going to get out. And one thing that I always wanted to do was move to New Orleans. Mm. So, like, I did probably the dumbest thing I've ever done. Well, that is probably a, the dumbest thing you know, I've ever done. Yeah, well. <laughs> it's I, the dumbest I, thing I've ever done. I mean, <laughs> and, and I, I'll just one-up it. I, I decided to go to law school at one of the most expensive law schools in the country, go to Tulane, oh, uh, just on a whim because I wanted to come to New Orleans, and uh, here I am. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so um, not practicing. and uh, But you graduated you know, from Tulane Law but School. But I graduated from Tulane Law, you know, so that, that was my original reason, and uh, but fell in love with the city, and uh-huh. like, man, uh, the education that I got outside the law classroom was like the best because yeah. I mean I just learned that this is just the greatest city in the world you okay. know you to bail yeah. yourself out yeah I mean I, I know all the, the, the that stuff you know I've got some friends that are still attorneys so I, I'm pretty 
So you're not practicing anymore? No, I never did, actually. Oh, you never did Yeah, practice. so like I graduated and uh, took the bar, unfortunately failed it, but got a job working BP oil spill because that was oh. going on at the same time. So I did end up doing that for like five, six years. And then uh, when oh, that, what were you doing? What were you doing with the BP oil spill? So I had a, a degree in accounting, so that really kind of helped me out. And uh-huh. plus, I had this like law degree, so like they hired me to do like claims work. Uh-huh. So I was doing claims work in this like the old, um, I, I forgot it was the Chevron building. That's what they called it downtown or whatever. Uh-huh. So it was uh, one that of those was for the government or for uh, it was some f- entity that was distributing BP yeah. settlement money. Yeah, or exactly. Okay. Exactly. It was exactly that. It was basically a neutral third party that's supposed to be distributing all the money and and uh, working between like the plaintiffs and the defendants and the whole case and everything so it was good work because yeah. I mean it was just like a nine to five really square just got in put my head down but at night I had all this free time uh-huh. and I had a decent paycheck so I was just like out exploring and having a good time in New Orleans. You so know, you so. took your frame degree that you had and just did a bunch of coke off of it, right? Yeah. Well, my mom has it because oh, I knew if uh, I had it, it'd probably get lost. So okay. she has it. It's rolled up somewhere. So yeah, <laughs> safekeeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> During all that time, are you are you starting to get interested in in uh, broadcasting or trying to trying to figure out a, an, an angle into the music business? Man, or? you know. Everything that's happened here in New Orleans has happened just being at the right place at the right time or the wrong place at the right time, however you want to look okay. at it. So when I was living in Mid-City for the first time, uh, my local bar was Bank Street Bar. And mm-hmm. this is back when like Richard and Amelia owned it, and uh, you know it wasn't like what it is today. Now it looks like a pretty respectable establishment. Back then it was about to fall over. Oh, um, it's, it's respectable now? Well, okay. you know, I mean, they put some money into <laughs> it. So, right. you know, but man, they were really great people. And that was kind of my local. And I would go pretty regularly to catch axe play and everything like that. And it was just like one of those things where I was sitting at the bar. There was a honky-tonk band playing. We were talking about honky-tonk music. We are talking about spaghetti westerns because that's like a passion of mine. And mm. uh, the owner was there, and me and Ron Hotstream, I don't know if you know him. Sure, yeah, I know Great Ron. guitar player and a uh, really good friend. And um, we started talking about, hey, putting together like a Sunday night of like spaghetti westerns and honky-tonk music. And we did that for three years because like Richard was like, I'm all for it. Let's do it. So you were DJing? Uh, no, I wasn't even DJing. Oh, okay. I, I was emceeing that event. I see. And then through like booking bands there um mark allen Derry, who's the founder of whiv lp new orleans uh-huh. he was a bass player also for like different acts and everything like that mm-hmm. he came and he just said hey man this is a really cool thing you're doing here would you like to be a dj and talk about like what you're doing and and just talk about whatever honestly i'm just need uh-huh. djs you know right, it just right. seems like you're a cool guy and that was back in 2015 or yeah something? that was that back was a in long 2015 yeah, yeah. exactly so that was kind of your first radio experience was, was first radio experience wow and it was just free format, do whatever you want. I started off doing stuff like incorporating spaghetti western music and just talking about like my events and playing like other music that I like from Texas and stuff. And then from there, it morphed into like something a lot more, I don't know. Uh, I just started like just honing in on like what exactly I wanted to do. And I started, you know, doing this kind of like Americana you know, roots-based music show. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's how kind of everything started. Now, you kind of started your your show or, uh, about a, a year or so before we started this this uh, podcast because I think you were like kind of uh, 2016 into 2017 before when you and and uh, and uh, we were we were just about a year behind that. So, yes. we had kind of a parallel uh, 
Except you've been way more successful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what is success, right? I mean, sure, d- sure. We're, we're both still doing it. Absolutely, so they, yeah. we are still doing it. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I started in 2015, kind of like worked out the kinks, and 2016 started to like to really take it seriously, and then once 2017 hit, I was in a in a, on a roll, you know. So I just kept. Rolling with that, you know, and, and you were doing like a daily show at the at the. I was doing at the beginning, like once a week, like everyone else, mm-hmm. and then it was twice a week, and then it was like three times a week, and then it was like whenever I could find airtime, I was like signing up for it. Huh. Okay. Know? Now, were you having? Uh, when did you start having guests uh, on these? I started having guests pretty early on because uh, you realized, like us, uh, a guest is is the log that you throw on the fire. Oh and yeah, burn as fuel. It's great. I love it. <laughs> I mean, so much better to go ahead and just like you know sound off someone else who has something to talk about than me. You know, so like yeah. So I, I started having guests early on, and in early on, it was like my friends, like Kim Carson, and sure. like you know Lynn Drury, and. Sure. and uh, uh, you know, Ron Hotstream and stuff. And then from there, it just kind of branched out into like a lot of independent artists just playing, you know, mostly like I would say like honky tonk or country derivatives, you know, around the country and stuff. But um, yeah, man, it just uh, kind of took off from there and it's just, it's been really fantastic just kind of. Now, why you guys are right down the street from me, your station? Yeah, on Orleans Avenue. Yeah, and I'm on North White. Okay, cool. And an Esplanade. How come I can't, it, it's always, I can't pick you up? <laughs> I'm like four blocks away. Oh, man. So, well, that's transmitter issues right there. Short, short throw transmission. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. They, they, you can get them on the internet live. Though. Yeah, uh, I would definitely uh, go to the internet. Uh, okay. WHIVFM.org is probably yeah. your best bet. Now, HIV, now who came up with that? That was our founder, Dr. Mark Allen Derry, who's like one of the eminent, like preeminent, like, uh, Infectious disease doctors here in really? New Orleans. Yeah. So, do you when on fundraiser weekend? Do you get a lot of donations from the gay community? And we get a lot of donations from a lot of people. Uh-huh. I mean, not just like you know people interested in public health, but I would say people that are just interested in kind of like just public radio for it being different. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. It yeah. really is community radio where they have people from the community exactly. there having shows, you know, uh, having setting up their own format yeah. and, and uh, the fella offered to to have us on, you know, or give us a show and I said, you should listen to the show <laughs> before you. I don't, <laughs> I think that would. That Maybe would, late uh, at night with the safe harbor rules kick in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> might, might, might be tough, man. You might, you might, you might come to regret now, that what decision. What are the call numbers again for W? WHIV. It's, it's like it's, well, it's it's, it's one hundred two three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one hundred two three WHIV LP. So that is the uh, the FCC name of the station. Right on. But yeah, it's been a great thing. Like I've, it's been great. Like uh, I mean, that's where I started, and uh, you know, quickly became really good friends with Mark Allen, his wife Liana, who really support that thing, and uh, became a board member. Still a board member now, and. And uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's great to be back there with WHIV being able to broadcast Nola County Radio. So now, now somewhere along the line, this this uh, startup operation, uh, GimmeCountry.com. Yeah. Well, it's the whole Gimme Radio. They have m- many different branches. I saw a former guest of ours, uh, Dave Catching, was oh, involved. Oh, I love him. In, He's a great guy. Oh, yeah, totally great guy. Uh, he had he, he was mezcal involved. Too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Shit's delicious. Um, and actually, I, I heard I was listening to the uh, Bill Davis interview. You know, Bill Davis from uh, uh, yeah. Dash Rip Rock, and he was talking. I was listening to your interview of him talking. 
talking about going and making their latest record at uh, Rancho De La Luna with Dave Catching, and that's, that's a great interview and a great story. But uh, Dave was involved with uh, Gimme Metal. Yes. And, and our old buddy Chuck Prophet is involved with Gimme Love Country. Chuck, he man. Has, yes, yeah, yeah. I another. was his producer for a few shows, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, well, yeah you were involved in, again, kind of the ground floor of this uh, establishment of this. Tell us a little bit about that, the, that whole thing, because I don't want to tell the whole story. No, absolutely. Like, so in 2019, uh, before the pandemic, um, friends of mine who were broadcasting at this startup, Gimme Country, which is app-based radio, uh, Two DJs in particular, Jesse Dayton, who you guys have had here on the show. Yep, yep. He has a show there. Shout out to Jesse Dayton. Absolutely, man. Great Je- guy. Who's that? Jesse Dayton. We had him on the show during the podcast. He's the guy who had... Uh, during like, the podcast? Uh, uh, and we, we had him during the pandemic. Oh, the he, pandemic. It was a remote. He's from Texas. Oh, uh, okay. He had, he had uh, done some work with... Um, Oh, oh, oh. Sin Lizzy? No, 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 no. He um, worked with like Waylon. Boston. He worked well, with you know, he's, like he's, all kinds of people. Right, yeah. right, right. And uh, he's currently out on, on tour with Samantha Fish, and and and, uh, and they just have a duet record they're releasing. He's doing great guns out there. Yeah. But an old friend of yours, right? Yeah, absolutely. I met him through radio, through the Ameripolitan Awards, which okay. I, you know, I won just earlier this yes, year. Yes, congratulations. So. Just a, a couple of weeks ago, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I was in Memphis during uh, the busiest Mardi Gras weekend, of course, because uh-huh. that's the way they always time it. So, right. But it was great being there this time because I actually won the thing, so it was great. Nice, and this is like your fifth nomination or yes. something, huh? Okay. Yeah. They, it was... Uh, it was and and it was still unexpected just because the amount of talent they have there every year. So it was like Will Smith winning. That was unexpected. Right? <laughs> that was very yeah. unexpected. Yeah. But you didn't hit anybody. I didn't. Hit, I didn't have to hit anybody. It was. Yeah. It was great. It was. Uh, it was very life affirming, man. It was. Uh, it was awesome to win that thing. But yeah, um, you know, I through Jesse and another friend of mine through in California, uh, Don Stixel, who's another great DJ. Um, they uh, started. They were broadcasting early with Gimme Country for when they started, like in early 2019. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end of the year, they put in a good word for me, and they said, "Hey, this, you should give this guy a show." So they gave me a tryout. A tryout was was great. And then, like at the beginning of the pandemic year, before we knew there was a pandemic, mm-hmm. I was uh, doing a, a regularly like a like a, a biweekly show for oh, them. Uh-huh. Um, and then when we went full pandemic. They asked me to go ahead and, and do something a little bit more, you know, w- once a week was great. Mm-hmm. And then fur- further on down the line, when I was, uh, you know, still working my, you know, uh, New Orleans job, I was working for Morris Bart at the time. I worked for him for three years. He's okay. a good guy. Yeah, he is a good guy. Yeah, I, I like him. I, know I like him. him so much, man. And uh, so I was working for them. They knew about my passion with radio. And then a position became available to go ahead and, like, become the production manager of, like, all of Gimme. So that wow. means like ahead of like all the producers that produce stuff on the metal side and the country side, and uh, they said, "Well, you know, this may not be a perfect fit, but we'd love to go ahead and see what you you do with it, and we'll, we'll interview you and see how it goes. Since you're already doing all this work with Nola County, I'm pretty sure you know how to work in automation and all that stuff." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm familiar with that. I could probably transfer over." And and we had we went through a series of interviews and uh, yeah, started working with them and. Uh, late 2020 and worked with them all the way through January of this year. So I was there for like two years and a few months. 
Nice, yeah. nice, and that's still a, a growing concern. And and uh, you know, uh, as you were saying, it's a startup operation. Exactly. So, so man, I love everyone at Gimme to Death. I mean, I, I you know they were such a it was such a great opportunity there. Hoping to still get back someday. Right. Uh, but yeah, they're uh, they're definitely like you know going through some growing pains, and hopefully they can go ahead and get out of them. But nothing but love for the the Gimme folks and everything who gave me a shot to like. Do it daily, you know, yeah. for the first time, you know, Monday through Friday, every day, plus being able to go ahead and call up whoever I wanted as far as a guest is concerned. And they were like really hype about it because, you know, I'd have like your classic country people and then I'd have like, you know, um, Brit Daniel from Spoon or like, you know, John Doe from X or, right. you know what I'm saying? It wasn't just country. It was like all this kind of country derivative stuff that I was interested in too. So yeah, yeah it was well, really I was, rad. I was noticing your, your, uh, your, um, NOLA County program. It has such a wide, uh, wide, you know, spectrum of music that yeah. you deal with. You know, it's, a, it's a lot of honky tonk music country music americana but you know verges into new orleans stuff and then and you know like you know more rocking stuff as yeah, well yeah totally i mean i think my whole thing has always been just trying to go ahead and get the word out on people just you know trying to go ahead and release music out into the world you know it's already tough enough to go ahead and like you know you know have a successful release i'm just there to like anything i can do with music that i love just being able to go ahead and hype it up play singles while the album's not out yet once the album's out you know if if i have time maybe able to do an interview that sort of thing mm. um but that's kind of like my bread and butter on everything is just kind of new releases it always keeps me like on the pulse of music and like what's what's getting released out to the world you know Man, I, I want to talk to you, and when we come back, we're, we're it's uh, about time to take a break. I think. Yeah, Manny. I need to. Take but a break. Uh, I got a, got a bunch more questions for you, so uh, we'll tell tell the people we're doing. Uh, you know this. We always take a break. The troubled nation knows this. So, <laughs> uh, we'll be right back. She was a fast talk already, saying something as I opened the door about a new contraption with no bad interactions and affordable. with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coleman, back with our guest, Mr. Jimmy Palacios. Now, Jimmy, I, I know you are a dedicated listener to the podcast, so I know you're well familiar with our, our 
spotty history with sponsors and uh, and the fact that we are once again back to our original sponsor loose change there you go yeah and i'm sure you don't have to rely on loose change uh over at whiv they have more organized uh, There's loose women over there uh, <laughs> keeping it loose it's uh it's still community radio so there yeah you i'm not go, doing baby. it for anything so. right 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 <laughs> Well, so, you know, on the Troubleman podcast, we, we are a, a listener-sponsored, uh, you know, in, in somewhat the same way as you guys, but uh, we're, we're having a direct appeal uh, show-to-show, and, and uh, you know, we have a, a, a few people, it seems that, like they're doing the heavy lifting of the sponsorship. You know, we have the Venmo uh, link and the PayPal link, and, and uh, we appeal for people to uh, uh, forward their loose change to us. And uh, some people do it, and, and I got to say, uh, Rob Mailer, man, that guy's a, a he's a solid citizen, man. He, he supported us once again, he, and he, he loves the show. We also oh, who had is Rob Mailer? Rob Mailer, he's a guy. He's he's uh, s- sometimes we, we won't even get a show out uh, in between him uh, uh, sponsoring us. So uh, he's 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 a good guy. Uh, listener, dedicated listener, and, and we. He also, didn't tell me who he was. Who, well, he's I, I, just a guy. I, he's a listener. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah I, don't, I don't know much more about. Is him he from that. New Orleans? I, I really don't know. Oh, really okay. Don't know. So he tries to keep it on the down low. Well, I mean, I I, 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 I don't know that he's trying to, you know. Uh, but he gave you eight dollars. Well, I, I, it's it was a little bit more than that, but he's buying us drinks tonight for sure. Really, he's, he's, he's paying for our drinks tonight, and oh. uh, also. Uh, uh, Thomas Seipel uh, was uh, supporting us, and and also another uh, longtime supporter, Hirsch, Hirsch Katzen, uh, longtime listener, is is uh, throwing some money in the kitty again this week. So, thanks to all those. Now folks. he's the librarian from Boston. I, I I don't know. I don't know about that. He's a music fan here. In oh, New okay. Um, but so uh, these donors don't tell you their background. Is that well, because I, I, they're I, I could go and research them, but uh, you know I have enough research to do as it is without trying to dig into the personal lives of our supporters. Well, we um, just like to know where they're from, right? Well, I can. You I know, can, can't I can, the, our donors just say, "Hey, I'm from Boston. Uh, well, I'm giving I, you a few bucks." I can start including that in this information. You know, that's or, that's information. Are you that's just there saying, "Give me your money." No, no, no. I, I have. I, give me I, money. I reach out to people. I thank daddy, them. Daddy, 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 give me some no, money. I, 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 I am, I am personable with our supporters for sure. So I can, I can get some more details on these people as, as we go going forward. Well, that's um, nice. Thank you very sure, much yes. to our supporters. Yes, and we, and we do. I have, haven't seen a dime, but I thank uh, you, you for the. You cocktail. have a full drink. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, uh, to that end, we want to thank our. our our Patreon supporters, those people oh. that are supporting us week in and week out, it's it's automatic for them. And these are the people from Greece. Um, it's the people who's uh, at some point they may call in the chat that I have to go mow their lawn. So oh. so far it hasn't happened, but I do have a, a working lawnmower. I am prepared to do almost anything. Oh. Um, uh, and along those lines, uh, you know, follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook. Share the podcast with your friends. Yes. Uh, you know, like review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening give us five stars cost you nothing it helps us out 
Um, we do have the the Trouble Men podcast T-shirt still available with just the logo or with the uh, Trouble Men podcast on the front. And uh, actually, here speaking of Trouble Men logos, uh, Jimmy, I want to present you. Sometimes I forget, but uh, we have a couple of Trouble Men podcast stickers for you. I'm awesome. sure. Thank you. I'm sure I've given them to you before, but I have. Uh, you're actually appearing, so I want to. Uh, I remembered tonight. So. Awesome. Um, and uh, as always, uh, you know we're trying to trying to rope him back into sponsorship. So far, it's uh, he's just a just an old buddy of ours. You mentioned him earlier. Brant Ryder has the uh, Great Escape. Brant uh, is on his honeymoon right okay, now. Okay, all right. Shout out to Brant. So uh, he can't uh, think of us right now. Right, he's right, banging right. right now. Okay, all right. He's well, he's probably trying to make a child. God bless him. Yeah. Um, and I uh, hope that all pans out. <laughs> and and uh, uh, he has the Great Escape Baking Company. I yeah. It has the Delta 8 cookies and, oh, and yeah. brownies that get oh, you high yeah. oh, if you're yeah. 21 or over. Uh, Manny, I know you, you like the Healing Dragon liniment. Yeah, I do. It's, it's got it's the ancient Chinese good. secret. Uh, I, j- I just drink. I shoot it like fucking like shots of tequila. Oh, wow. Yeah. It says do not. Do not consume. Do not consume, <laughs> but I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. It's good stuff. You All should right. check it out. Okay. It's good for the knees. It's good for the joints. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's good. So I, check I, it out. I, I, I can't uh, personally endorse that, but uh, everybody gets to do what they want on their own time. So <laughs> please uh, feel free, if that's your choice, to, uh, to follow that advice. Um, that's enough of that. So uh, let's get back to our guest, Mr. Jimmy Palacios. And uh, you were talking about your, your uh, you know, having the, the cloud of being on a, a, a national platform and how you're able to uh, get all these great guests. And, and I'm sure once people realize you have this, they start uh, bombarding you. The, the publicists get your, your, uh, your email address. <laughs> now, now... Do publicists, because publicists send us people that we that we turn down. Yeah, I hear that. So you must you must have a, a lot of you get pitched a lot of people that you and you don't necessarily think this this is a uh, a bad artist or anything. Oh, absolutely. You just, you just have to you have to decide some kind of way. How do you how do you make those kind of decisions? Man, that's a great question because honestly, that is something that I'm always kind of like figuring out. The great thing was is that even before I got to Gimme Country, is that I was able to go ahead and build enough legs with NOLA County Radio doing it out of here at WHIV that I was already on a lot of labels and publicist lists. Right, so like, sure. I was already doing a lot of great interviews and already kind of like in that music business world without really even thinking I was, uh-huh. which made the transition <laughs> actually being in the music business world like, oh, I just get to continue what I was already doing for free, but actually get paid for it. This is fantastic. Right. So, uh, yeah, it was it was great. And and so, yeah, coming back to that, I mean, so much email. Like, if I let my email go even a day, I've got hundreds it's of a, emails. It's got to be exhausting for yeah. you, man. I and mean, not only do you book a guest every day, pretty much, and do it, prepare for an interview almost every day. And I'm looking at your at your thing, and mm-hmm. that's a lot of work, man. I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm already kind of booking out like three months from out. That's what I try to. I try to stay like three months wow. ahead. Why don't you do what we do? We just flip a coin. <laughs> 
I mean, I would love to do that. Yeah, just flip a I, coin. I just, I, I wouldn't get anything <laughs> done. Fuck the we, 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 don't, we don't just flip a coin. Believe, believe me, we don't just flip a coin. No. Now, a lot of times, the way I do it, I kind of just use my gut, you know? It's, it's like a whole bunch of people. I make lists of people that I think would be interesting, and then... I just kind of wait for some sixth sense to tell me it's time for that person, you know? I mean, if somebody obviously have a new record out, yeah, that totally. that's, would be a good time to do it. They're motivated. But sometimes it's more interesting. Like if someone is putting something out and they're pushing it, they're going to have whatever, a hundred interviews or, you know, many interviews, yeah. and they kind of say the same thing. I almost like to find somebody who hasn't been interviewed recently, you know, because I'm going to yeah. catch something and maybe a lot of people will listen. I don't know. It's um, No, that's a great way to look at it. I mean, for me, at least on the music side, uh, since they're all usually, all my most of my interviews are uh, related to album releases or mm-hmm. EP releases, right? So, like, that's kind of what guides me. Um, now that I'm doing NOLA County Radio again, I'm also interested in, like, people playing locally. You know, uh-huh. like uh, this week coming up, I've got, you know, uh, interviews with like Hayes Carl, interviews mm-hmm. with uh, uh, Parker Millsap and uh, Joshua Ray Walker, who are all playing Chickiwawa, Tipitina's Chickiwawa. And mm-hmm. like uh, just people that I've just, you know, I've interviewed in the past before, but like, uh, you know, but are playing here in New Orleans, like, you know, this week and everything. So, sure. but most of my stuff uh, is r- related around album releases. I, I, I definitely like have to be into the music first and foremost, you know, mm. to want to do it. And then, second thing, I, I always try to go ahead and get new people that I haven't talked to before. Emerging artists are always the best to like interview just because they have something to say and they're excited to be there. And you can't feign uh-huh. that enthusiasm, even right. if no one's heard them, as long as you stand behind the music, the music's great. Interview is going to be great because they're excited and they're hungry and, and they want to be there and everything. But then, of course, you know, sometimes some great things fall in your lap and it kind of changes everything up. Like I remember being at Gimme and getting a, you know, uh, an email from a publicist saying like, hey, uh, Nancy Wilson from Heart would love to go ahead and be on your show. I'm like... <laughs> Okay, we're moving everything for Nancy Wilson, yeah, you sure, know, like, sure. of course. I mean, why wouldn't I do that interview, you know? Right. Now, uh, she was a good interview. She was sure. great. Yeah, yeah. She was amazing, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and so cool. And just, she talked about, you know, old heart, new stuff that she's doing. She had an album that she was releasing. It was great. She had, like, you know. Uh, is she the one married to Cameron Crowe? Or is that the other that's sister? That's her sister. That's oh, her sister. Yeah. Anne. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's right. married to... Some man, I want to say that she's married to somebody in film. Kurt Cobain? No, <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> but they had a thing, didn't they? Uh huh. I didn't hear. Oh, we didn't get that. into it. Uh, if she did, she, she did never mentioned it. Thing. Yeah. Huh. Okay. She, but, might, she might have been gone by that time. Yeah. <laughs> but, she might have been gone, or he uh, might have been. Well, gone. she was. She was out of out of Seattle. I don't know. Uh, Maybe she still lives in Seattle. I always assume that she might have uh, moved out of there. I don't know. I yeah, I'm not sure. Up. I think she lives on the West Coast, but I'm not sure exactly where she okay. lives. Um, but Coos yeah. Bay, Oregon. That's what I heard. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. Right. That's where they filmed One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Now, do you ever have any interviews like the go really sideways or uh, anything really surprising happen in some of these? I think the only the only thing that's ever happened that you know happens every once in a while just having someone that just uh i don't know it happens every once in a while just somebody's having a bad day you sure. know and uh, they're not as like talkative or as inspired but you know usually i try to go ahead and just keep to the facts 
and just make sure that I'm plugging, you know, their album, their their thing, and they kind of uh-huh. come back around to it because they understand that. Oh well, this guy's trying really hard to <laughs> plug my album do regardless uh-huh. and like do this and and they'll Are they come back around. Smokers, those people. <laughs> smokers. Yeah, because you got to go in the studio. You can't smoke and. Oh well, this yeah. is all over the phone. I oh, mean, it's I all do, over the phone. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I've uh-huh. like re- worked remotely for the last few years now. Everything oh. is based out of like. My desk and uh, you know doing things over the phone or oh, like so they don't come to the office. Oh no no no! This is I mean I've you know I've had interviews with people that are like in Australia and we have to go ahead and coordinate a time that works good for both of us right. and that's oh, difficult wow. you know so yeah I mean you know this is all over the phone it's all using technology and and uh, you know just like this. I'll take a raw interview and then go home and edit it and make sure it sounds good for both of us, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Well, this brings up something I wanted to talk to you about is the the universality of country music. How, you know, it's 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 this uh, regional music, starts off as re- regional American music, um, uh, goes all over the place. It seems like truckers in any country... Are, are into country music almost, you know? <laughs> they, they, all, they all like Johnny Cash. Well, truckers are kind of like the modern cowboy, right? Kind of yeah. riding around by yourself right. and, you know, that sort of thing. Right. There's that kind of, like, romanticism there, too. But, yeah, I mean, country music is amazing. I mean, it, you know, all started, you know, whether you, you know, threw, honestly, the same way kind of like blues music started. It all started probably in Mississippi, you know, with uh, you know African American folks and like then kind of using you know instruments Is that and then because going of from all there. the suffering in Mississippi. Uh, I would say so. Pretty yeah. Mississippi's a bleak place. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it wasn't for Mississippi, I mean Louisiana, you know. <laughs> yeah, they make us look. Good. They make us look good. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly better. <laughs> but yeah, man. I mean, you know, it, both are kind of like two sides of the same coin, and you get country music, you get blues music. It all is kind of like this. You know, regional music that uh, you know goes in in you know pretty much different directions. But I love the way that like country music has always been like you know all about storytelling. You know, for the most part, you know, mm. great stories in and out. There's not a lot of long country songs. Just like two or three minutes of like your best stuff, maybe a lead or two, and you're out. And it's right. kind of fantastic. Did you see the uh, the George and Tammy uh, Showtime series? Oh man, I've saw snippets of it, okay. and uh, I have to say that uh, I saw enough of like the footage to say that wow, man, whoever put that together, man, what a what a botch job. Huh, you know? I, I really, I gotta say, I enjoyed watching it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I didn't see it. I, I'm like, right. like I said, just saw snippets of it but just like hearing the synopsis from like certain people that i respect out in the music world they just felt like historically it wasn't the best representation uh, you know that's, that's possible um, yeah. but i mean as far as entertainment i wouldn't be able to say because i never saw the whole thing i just well, heard you know kind of like the daily rundown right right to me at least it was good that it exposed people to oh, george jones and tammy wynette and that story and maybe yeah. it turned some people because the music is great you know like you know, whatever you think of the yeah, film, of course, the, of course. The, the the source material. Yeah, is, it's still is, George and Tammy, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's cool. Um, 
Well, so you, you were mentioning uh, Ameripo uh, Ameripolitan. Uh, you know, it's kind of like reminds like countrypolitan, yeah. right? It's uh, you know like the more sophisticated version of, of some of these things. Actually, it's uh, it's just a word coined by Dale Watson, who you know plays here in New Orleans every once in a while. And right, Dale so Watson up in Memphis now. Uh, up in Memphis now, he's got Hernando's Hideaway, former exactly. former uh, a haunt of J of Jerry Lee Lewis. Absolutely, purchased that like right before the pandemic. Not great timing there, but man, no. they were able to kind of weather the storm and uh, did has, some live streams from there. Our, our good friend uh, Will Sexton was up there playing on some of those. Absolutely, and, man, and love Will. Amy Will and Amy are amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They love you guys. I mean, obviously, you know that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I love those guys, man. We're, we're they're good friends with the Iguanas. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and nothing, you were the backing band on Will's last record. Uh, the Iguanas were the backing band on on Will's record, and actually, I got a call to to go play uh, behind the great Elizabeth King, who's one of their terrific uh, gospel oh, artists amazing. from uh, uh, Bible and Tire, which is, you know, the, the gospel side of Fat Possum Records. And they have this artist uh, that Will is going to be on the on the gig and, and former guest of ours, Alex Green from the Panther amazing. Burns. And, and uh, they, they, they texted me saying, we're looking for a gospel bass player. I'm thinking, hmm, I don't know. I can't think of any gospel. When I said, wait, are you talking about me? And he said, yes, we want you, Renee. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, awesome. So, yeah, I'm doing that in, in, uh, sometime in April. So Very cool. Yeah, Will Sexton and Amy were like one of my last interviews at WHIV headquarters right before the world ended. Yeah. Because they were here for uh, Folk Alliance International. Right. Will was just about to release his record. So we got into the booth and uh, pre-recorded you know, an actual like in studio um, interview there, and it was it was so great, man. I love I love his last record and everything that he does. Yeah, yeah, he's he's terrific, man. I and I love the way that record came out. I loved uh, working with Bruce Watson there, producing that record up like Fat Possum, Honcho. Um, well, and I know you you actually uh, founded the the NOLA Ameripolitan Festival. Yeah, I did that for a few years pre-pandemic. We were about to have our fourth one. Again, pandemic had something to say about that. But, man, that was just a really, really cool thing to do. Uh, started there in Siberia and uh, then branched out to Chikiwawa for a year or two and and uh, it was just a really cool way to incorporate not only the connections I'd made through like the Ameripolitan Awards, again, started by Dale and kind of like finding out about all these emerging acts and like rockabilly and country and outlaw and um, Western swing, mm -hmm. but also like being able to go ahead and provide them to, you know, an opportunity to play New Orleans sometimes for the first time. You know, right? Yeah, New Orleans is uh, doesn't uh, it can can be a tough uh, go for some of those people. I mean, even acts that oh yeah that that are big acts, other towns they it's like they come to like we don't have a play there, we don't have a yeah. Place New to Orleans play. is like you know, and I, and I think this is you know it, it's interesting because I get this question all the time. New Orleans is a very tough, you know, Market? nut to crack yeah. for most artists that aren't from here. Reason being, we have our own music scene. We have our own indigenous music, and people are very passionate about, like, they'll go out and see their favorites, like, every week, uh -huh. week in and way out, and they're cool with that. Right. So, like, and they don't necessarily need to go ahead and branch out and do anything else. It's very insular, yeah. You know? Yeah. It is very provincial, but, like, in the best of ways. Uh-huh. You know? So, like, and you don't understand until you actually live here, 
you know, it's it's one of the last bastions of regionalism. You know, exactly, exactly. And like, well, because people don't even leave their neighborhoods in this town. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Sometimes, yeah. you know, they might go to the corner bar, but that's yeah, about it. That's and, about it. Well, yeah. the way the streets are, you can't you can't hardly yeah. get more than a few blocks sometimes, man. It's true. Uh, but yeah, man. I mean, so it was an opportunity to go ahead and bring people down here for the first time, and and again, like putting it under like kind of like the Nola County ban- like banner, and being mm-hmm. able to just get people excited. And man, it was a great run. Um, but again, pandemic just kind of halted everything. Right. Well, you know, it's yeah. a great idea, and and now Chicky Wawa is operating again. It yeah. seems like you're you're you still have a, a connection with those guys. And actually, I don't. I mean, I I just oh, visited okay. the club for the first time uh, a few weeks ago when my friend Gal Holiday was playing. Uh-huh. So it was like my first time really being in there and seeing the place for the first time. But the new ownership has done such a great job with the room. Yes. It sounds better. I mean, you sounds know, R.I.P. Dale. I know he'd be really rolling over his grade to go ahead and hear like it sounds better there because he had such a you know Pride, that sound was yeah, his thing you right. know he wanted to make sure everything was great and, and I always loved the way the room sounded but yeah. they, they have made some upgrades and yeah. the sight lines are they better they put some money into it yes yeah yeah, yeah. And, and they went ahead and, and uh and kind of you know, did all the things that you need to do, like sonically, from like an engineering standpoint, right. to go ahead and like make everything sound really great in there because it does sound really good in there. They opened up the place, it's got a proper green room now yeah. for artists. You know, so yeah, I'm 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 happy with what they're doing there, and and you know, to that point, there's so many great acts that are coming in through there now, playing it for the first time. You know. Yep, yep. And plus, well, they have the money to like put up for guarantees, which is huge. Right. You know, which you know, Dale was, you know. He would do his best, but like it's not like he was making a ton of money there either, you know. No, and it's hard for it was hard for Dale to bring acts in from out of town, you know, because yeah. he it's he's taking a chance, you know. And but we saw so many great acts under Dale, you know. Saw you know Alejandro with a small group, Absolutely. you know, or, or uh, you know John Doe solo or exactly. something, you know, and yeah, Dave Alvin and yeah, you know, yeah. Kiki Friedman and and David Lenley and uh, there you go, Flip Wilson. Sure. <laughs> there sure. we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't forget him. Well, um, well. In f- in fact, you as as part of that uh, uh, Maripolitan Festival, you had the band that I play with, uh, Loose Cattle. There you go. You. I love them. Yeah. And you're you're a big supporter of the band. And you were at our last uh, DBA gig a few a few weeks ago. Your new stuff sounds so good. Thank you, thank you. We're we're really proud of that record, man. It's uh, you know Michael has and 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 Kimberly have been writing all this material. You know, I mean, it started off when I was in the band. When I started with the band, it was um, you know ninety nine percent cover material. Yeah. You know, great covers, but. Uh, uh, you know, now that it's it's original material and and uh, yeah. We, I mean, you guys started just like how a lot of bands start off, you know, which is you know you got to play first and kind of get this kind of like uh, you know kind of cohesion synergy right, going right. and then figure out what you're doing, exactly. what it is, what this animal is. Yeah, yeah and I and I think that uh, I mean, you know. I know uh, Michael has always been a songwriter, so he's been doing it for a long time. But yes. it's been great him, like you know, finding the voice of what Loose Cattle is, right. and like honestly, just hearing the last set that you guys had. I mean, I'm I'm super excited for you know this record coming out, especially knowing now that you know you went up to Nashville, went ahead and recorded in the studio, and like you know had a little bit of a production that goes yeah, a long yeah, way. Yeah, a great producer, you know? the great John Onyello. Absolutely is, is, worked with everybody from you know Sonic Youth to Screaming Trees. And uh, you know, on and on. Drive-by truckers. Uh, yeah. is, is, it's crazy that guy. You look at that guy's resume. It's amazing, man. Really rad. 
this week I'm going to South by Southwest with the iguanas. Oh, amazing. I miss not being there for the first time in a while. It'll be nice. It's been a couple of years for us. I yeah. guess we haven't been back since before the pandemic. I mean, we played played uh, Austin since then mm-hmm. uh, a, a few times, but this will be the first South by Southwest. But yeah, it'll be great to be back there, run into uh, all our old friends. You know, I'm sure Charlie Sa- Saxon will will be there. We'll Very cool. Run into him and uh, Hunt Sales. He's a He's a fan and a friend and a, an Hunt idol. Sales. Hunt Sales, yeah, oh, the drummer. Oh, God. Well, we get, you'll get a word in? That guy doesn't know when to shut the fuck up. Oh, that no, guy I, talks so fucking much. Oh, uh, well, on our podcast, yeah, on he, our was, podcast he was very loquacious. He would shut the fuck up, <laughs> Oh, no, man. no, no. He was, I had he to had a, put the mic down and go to the bathroom. Well, I came back. He was still fucking yeah, talking. Well, you always did that on the on the remote shows. <laughs> but, uh, no, he's, he's, a, he's a, a genius, man, a brilliant guy. Um, so we're doing that, and then I, I come back for a few days, and then Loose Cattle is going on a, a cruise. Uh, we're going on oh, a, that's right. a Broadway you, cruise, there which you is go. crazy. <laughs> and then are you going on the other cruise, the New Orleans one that's coming out later uh, in the year? Not so far. I'm not booked okay. on that. But uh, who knows what's going to yeah. happen. You know, I was just up in, uh, in uh, you know, the but That's awesome, Midwest, that Broadway but, cruise. That is rad. Yeah, it's going to be. I've never been on a cruise before, so uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that how that pans out. <laughs> and, uh, something something new for me. Well, you know, Jimmy, something I was wondering about. You know, you're from, of Mexican heritage, you know, and you have like, uh, you know, you're from this region, you know, South Texas. Or are you into like uh, uh, conjunto music? You know, oh like yeah, the, absolutely. Um, you Mexican know, country music. It's you know? funny because like, you know, I grew up with that like in the background of my life, like right. My you, whole when life. you close your eyes, you, you hear uh, accordions yeah, and bajo sextos. Yeah, <laughs> but it didn't. It it took me going to Austin. And being away from like being immersed in everything to really have an appreciation for it. So, like, you know, when I was growing up, you know, I really enjoyed like the Texas tornadoes. Uh-huh. And one of the reasons I really enjoyed them is because, like, even though I'm of a Mexican descent, like, my Spanish sucks. You know, okay. I, I could survive, but like, I'm not proud of it. I wish it was better, uh-huh. you know? Sure. But they made these amazing sounds very accessible to like not only people that were you know were not Hispanic, not Mexican, not native speakers, but also people that didn't know Spanish like very very well because it was still like the same great sounds right. but it was like in English or in like in Spanglish, uh-huh, you know, sure, it was yeah. fantastic. And it was fun, you know, Doug Som, Freddie Fender, Augie Myers, those guys are they're so cool, you know, yeah. Flaco Jimenez. Yeah, man. Um, so like they made everything so accessible and like definitely one of my favorite bands of all time and, and definitely, you know, uh, just a kind of a gateway to get like further into like, you know, even the more like hardcore Norteño type bands and stuff. Right. And in Laredo, arguably the best Tejano band in the world south of Laredo, Zapata, Texas, is where Intocable is from. Oh. And those guys have like millions upon millions of followers. I mean, uh-huh. they're probably the Beatles of Tejano music. Uh-huh. And like, they live right there, man, south of Laredo and coming to Laredo and everything like that. So, yeah, it was, it was, it definitely have a place in my heart for like, you know, those sounds and everything. Yes, you still have family down in that. They're all there. Okay, everybody's still there. Everybody, you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Would you you get back down there? uh, I wish I could get back down there like more than I have. Um, It's been difficult during the pandemic. Probably smart not to go down there. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it's been difficult just because, like, not only is it far away, 
but also like uh, my mom's kind of like got this autoimmune thing going on right now, and it, it'd be so difficult to come from like New Orleans where who knows what we're carrying and sure. what we're immune to and yeah. introduce that to the household, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. You do have to, uh, have be, to careful. be careful. Yeah, yeah. And especially... Should I, so should I get tested after this show? I mean, you should always get tested here in New yeah. Orleans. I don't care right. where you're at. Well, that's another thing. You know, I came back from this trip. All these people I was around, uh, you know, I, I, I took a COVID test just to take one when I came back home and I was, of course, I felt fine and I was negative and everything. Yeah. But, you know, it's encouraging to go play all these dates one after another kind of run myself down a little bit but still uh you know yeah totally get, get back unscathed i mean it's, honestly it's you know new orleans there's all kinds of stuff happening here you know we have visitors we have people we have like you know i mean just going day in and day out like to venues to go see music and stuff like that you know it's like you just lots of people you're just Right. So you're going to run into something. Russian roulette. Exactly. Yeah, basically going to run into something, you know. Russian roulette. Yeah, that's why I don't go out. I don't go out nowhere. Right. Fuck that. Well, you know, Manny, uh, one, one of the listeners did uh, rat you out because in, in uh, a previous show you had said that you, you didn't do anything for Mardi Gras and then someone sent me a photograph of you standing out in front of the R bar on Mardi Gras Day. <laughs> The R bar. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, standing on uh, on uh, Royal and whatever that is, uh, you know. I have no. It was that your wife? N- no, no. It was no. Uh, it was a listener sent in. If I can show you the photograph, well, anyway. Show it to me. I don't know what anyway, the hell pe- you're talking about. People are keeping about. eyes on you out there. Yeah. Um, well, Jimmy, uh, we're kind of on the the downslope of the podcast here. Uh, you know, I know. You know, you're you're still producing uh, uh, was that the group of yammering bitches Uh, no it was not it was totally outside of (laughs) uh, those people you refer to like that no it was a listener just uh, just a a I did go see our friend Dave Clemens play a show uh, just about a week ago in front of a kingpin this was uh, right down on, on Mardi Gras day um, uh, in the Marigny, you know, like a block from Frenchman Street. In I front have of, no idea what you're talking about. All right, I'll show about. you the photograph later. Uh, anyway, Jimmy, so uh, uh, you're going to be producing more shows. Uh, what Anything on you want to tell us about on the horizon here? Yeah, I mean, you know, when I stopped working for Gimme Country, I went ahead and took, you know, a little bit of time off just to kind of process everything and then started up uh, pretty much like Mardi Gras day at midnight, you know, like so that was like my first three shows back with WHIVLP New Orleans Uh, broadcast three days a week. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, there from midnight to 3 a.m., which I all, you know, pre-produce and, oh, you know, right. upload into their automation system. But it's also available on Mixcloud, you know, so, like, uh, people can listen to it on demand for free at any point, you know. So, nice. uh, yeah, I've been uh, keeping up with that and getting a bunch of acts, uh, people releasing music, and now a nice array of people playing music here in town. I just completed an interview with um, Becker Hall, who's, like, the executive director of Hogs for the Cause. Oh, okay. So we ran down their whole kind of like gamut of everyone they have playing. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. Uh, got a lot of people coming to New Orleans. Like I said, we've got, you know, Hayes Carl this week who's playing Tipitinas for the first time and he's real excited about that. And uh, nice. yeah, man. So like people are still releasing records. I'm still kind of got the pulse of like everything that's going on and, and it's been like a nice outlet while I, uh, I look for work. <laughs> right on, man. Well, you're a great supporter of uh, New Orleans music and, and, and uh, you know, honky-tonk music, and God bless you for doing that. And, you know, I, uh, I always uh, read your, your, uh, your 
social media promotion and and you always say this person has an amazing new record out yeah. and i love that because you know you get you 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 can't use new words every time you know i like oh, to no. get stick with one so i want to thank you for an amazing podcast yeah tonight. absolutely <laughs> but how many times have you heard someone say oh this is shit man <laughs> Well, here's the great thing. If something really is shit, I'm not going to have it on my show. Right. And you just say, I don't have to do it. Yeah, you, you don't, don't have to yeah, say anything. I don't have to say it. anything there about it. But don't yeah. you want to? <laughs> no. I mean, aren't you a music critic in a way? No, too? you know, that's funny that you asked that cuz I, you know, you technically know. I am a music critic because, you know, I do have an opinion and I'm really grateful yeah. people that like look for any type of direction that I might give, but man, there's only really two types of music out there. Music that you love and like and music that you don't like. Right. And I'll just leave it at that just because there's so much negativity out in the world, man. I don't need to be like raining on somebody's parade. Somebody could like it, you know, and that's cool. You know, yep, absolutely, absolutely. There's no accounting for taste, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jimmy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah. And, and uh, you've been a terrific guest. And as always on the Troublement Podcast, we like to say trouble never ends, but the struggle continues. Thank you. Absolutely. Right. Thank you, guys. The days don't dance along. I was doing Aren't filled with songs The moonlight's lost its intrigue Forever 